God continue to swell, continue to increase in you until Christ be born in, amen, in birth in you, in the form and birth in you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Our scripture reading um, will come from the book of Acts, beginning at verse 22 in the New King James Version. Then we'll read down through verse 39, amen. The gospel, a gospel, you could say what is the gospel, but amen, the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 22 through 39. Then we're going to go to 1 Peter 3, verse 13 through uh, 17. And then later on, we'll read, amen, Colossians, the second chapter, verse 4 through 10 as well. We'll add that in because it's necessary for where we're going to be going. In the next couple of weeks, we will be uh, studying the book of Acts. Remember now, this is Tuesday night. It is Bible study. So the teaching and the recording is designed um, for you to follow along later on Bible study. Praise God. This is a discipline. I believe all believers, amen, has, have to have both publicly and personally. This is a discipline, studying your Bible, because the will of God is in the word of God. 80% of what directly, 80% of the will of God directly is in, in um, the word of God. The other I mean, I mean, I speak directly. The other part we are, we have to pray through. The other part, see, sometimes he gives us uh, choices and options, but 80% of it is directly directed towards his will. Amen. And so we give God grace and we give him glory for what he's done. The, the uh, book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 22, in the New King James Version. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Beginning in verse 22, chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. It says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God, amen, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you, having taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, my God, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible, it was not possible that he should be held by it. Let me read that again. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it, it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at, at my right hand, amen, that I may not be shaken. Verse 26, therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also was arrested, will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. This is what David said in prophesying concerning, amen, the Christ. He have, you have made known to me the ways of life, and you, have, and you will make me full of joy in your presence. Verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, 
he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. Amen. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up. Glory to God. This Jesus, praise God, God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says, he said, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, now when, he, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, glory to God, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call glory to God in the highest thank you father hallelujah glory to God in the highest first Peter 3 glory amen first Peter 3 verse 13 and through verse 17 that also in the new King James version and it says and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who uh, asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as an evildoer, those who revile your good character in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer Amen, for doing good uh, than for doing evil. Amen. Let's clarify some out of Peter. Amen. First Peter. First Peter, there is some, amen, uh, suffering. There is some persecution that is arising amongst the believers, amen, by those who are Judaizers, those that have converted, that did not convert to Christianity, to, to the way, to following Christ. Amen. And their threatening and their uh, persecution has become ever more uh, increasing. Amen. So Peter's writing to those that have been dispersed. He's writing to them 
letting them know, amen, uh, how to handle this suffering that's coming from the outside, amen, from the inside, how to handle those that uh, would persecute you because of your belief, amen. And he says to them, and uh, uh, do not be afraid of their threats, nor do uh, be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and always be ready to give a defense, amen. And that like Peter did, amen, give a, give a defense. And there we introduce the term apologetics, amen. The term apologetic is a theological term and it, amen, it literally means uh, from the Greek word apologia, which means to defend. It is the confirmation to those that are believing, amen. It is the defense to those who do not believe, amen, to the person and the ministry of Christ. It is, amen, an affirmation or confirmation uh, to the believer, but it is a defense to all others on outside who would oppose or come against or try to threaten the person in the ministry of Christ. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is within you with meekness and with fear, with reverential fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as an evildoer, praise God, um, they may be ashamed. Praise God, um, amen, they may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Glory to God. And so this term defense is where we get the Greek word apologia, amen, uh, apologetics. Glory to God. We get the term apologetic, which means to defend the gospel. It means that I believe in it and I can tell you why. And I can tell you from Old Testament to New Testament who Christ is, and I can give you a reason for why I'm standing the way I stand. I can give you an absolute reason. And Peter uses the Old Testament because, of course, at that time, the New Testament was not in its entirety full as we have it now. But he uses David as an example, amen, to say that this thing was a long time coming that of the seed of David um, that would come, uh, uh, amen, the Christ, amen, from the tribe of Judah, amen, the lion's cub would manifest from Judah, even all the way back to Genesis, amen, that that, that would be a lion from the tribe of Judah, amen, and they praise the name of the Lord, amen. So, so, so we see this thing manifesting in its fullness at the God's Kairos time, at God's set time that the gospel, uh, that the person of Christ would be manifested. And amen. And there are uh, those who don't, who didn't believe then, and there are those who still don't believe. Amen. There are those who did not believe then, and there are those that, amen, still don't believe. But Peter says to them concerning, and this happened on the day of Pentecost. This is on Pentecost in Acts, the second chapter. It happened, amen, his first sermon. His first sermon is a, re, is a result of um, those, that will, those that were around seeing them speak in this glossolalia, this tongue speaking, that they're, amen, they're drunk. They're out of their mind. 
And so Peter says, then the man, they got to be, I mean, they say it's, uh, they have to be full of new wine. It's too early to be drinking. Glory to God. Amen. And so Peter stands up in his first message. His first message was, amen, he spoke concerning, uh, and, and the Bible says that in verse 14, that he, when, he, when he stood up with the 11, he raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah and all who dwell in Judea, let this be known to you and heed my words, for they are not drunk as you suppose since it's only the third hour of the day, um, about nine o'clock. Glory to God. Now, this thing happened according to the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Amen. So Peter is so versed in the Old Testament that he recognized through the promise of the prophecy of Joel that this thing that God was speaking has happened and is happening before our eyes. Amen. And so as an apostolic voice, as an apostolic voice of reasoning of, from the scripture, he says to them uh, in Jerusalem, this thing that, that was in the Old Testament is now manifested. It's right now. And so from the first part of Acts in the second chapter through Peter, all the way to Acts 28 <clears throat> to Paul, amen, there are several places where the gospel is defended, amen. So the book of Acts, amen, first of all, above all things that I, I, I just didn't realize uh, to the extent, amen, the book of Acts is full of apologetics, amen. It's the book of Acts is full of apologetics, amen, which means, amen, uh, defense, is amen the answer amen it's a response to challenges and objections raised by other be uh, belief systems that this jeep that tries to bring Christ into questioning amen to doubt in the unbelief of the person in the ministry of Christ but Peter says to uh, the men of Jerusalem then Judea listen through signs and wonders, you've seen the work done and you've seen that God determined to let him go. But yet, amen, you turned him over. Glory to God. But God raised him up from the grave, raised him up so that his flesh would not see corruption, raised him up so his soul would not be left in Hades, left in hell. And this Christ, amen, uh, that you have rejected, amen, this is, the, this is the Christ. This Jesus of Nazareth is, amen, the Christ. It's God's Christos, God's anointed one. It's not another. We're not waiting on another. This Jesus that you rejected, this Jesus that you crucified, this Jesus that you, amen, doubted, him, him, this evidence is manifested today. He is the Christ. And I said to one of our friends, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled why we don't talk more apologetically about the person in the ministry of Christ since the book of Acts. And we're always talking about the Holy Spirit and going back to the spirit part of Acts, but not so much the apologetic part of Acts. Glory to God. And so the book of Acts is first apologetic. Amen. Number, that's number one. Number two, the book of Acts is history. Amen. The book of Acts is, is a book of history. It's so, it's, it, it's, it's, it's so full 
Amen. It's a book of history because it records the history of the uh, post ascending ascension of Christ to the uh, eventual eventual uh, the post resurrection ministry of Christ. Part of that ministry. Amen. The command to tarry in Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from on high. And then that you may be witnesses first in Jerusalem and Judea and to the utmost parts of the world. Amen. And so the book of Acts has a scriptural outline. And it's, it's outlined like that first in Judea ge geographically. Then it spreads from, amen, to I mean, Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria, and then by Paul to the utmost parts of the world. Glory to God in the highest. And so we have that scriptural outline. Uh, uh, and so it's historical. It gives a historical count of the spread of the gospel uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, by the apostles, amen, through the power of the Holy Spirit by the apostles. You see the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. You see a historical link uh, on how the gospel of Christ spread from, amen, from Jerusalem. So it's a book of apologetics. It's a book of history. Uh, and then it's a book of transition. Amen. It's a book of, of, of transitions. Praise the name of the Lord. And so it transitions from the gospel to the epistles. Without the book of Acts, we're lost. We're lost in regard to transitioning. It transitions from Judaism to the way, or in Antioch, they call Christ, Christ, Christians, or we get the word now, Christianity. But if you look in the book of Acts, over six times you hear the reference to the way. Wasn't called Christian or Christianity, just the way. That's where we get problems. And we'll talk about that later. Transition from the law to grace, transitions from the Jew predominantly to Gentiles. And it takes God through a man uh, revelation to get Peter's attention to not call what he sanctified a man unclean. Praise God. And so when you start reading around Acts 10, 11, and 12, you'll see that clarification. Amen. Uh, from the Jews to the Gentile, from the kingdom to the church. So it's a book of transition. It is also, amen, a book that fills in the gaps. It fills in the gaps so that uh, we're not left at the end of the gospel uh, with the post-resurrection ministry of Christ and then nothing else. And then all of a sudden, Romans. Where did the Romans come from? How did the gospel get to Rome? Then we have, amen, Corinth, or the book of First and Second Corinthians. We're, we're left to ask questions about Corinth and about Ephesus, but we get the book of Ephesians and Philippi. And who is this Paul of Tarsus' character? Amen. And how has God converted him, amen, to carry the gospel? And so we're left with all of these holes historically uh, and transitionally, but Acts fills in the gap. Without the book of Acts, we're utterly lost because it records the ascension to Christ from the Mount of Olives. It records the command to tarry in Jerusalem. Amen. And uh, it, com it, it records, amen, the promise of the Father of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come. It, it records that for us. And so without that, Praise God. Without that, we're lost. And there's a link missing um, that the book of Acts provides. 
And so it's a pivotal book of transition that we have to get as well. Praise the name of God. And so from the, from the man, I feel this thing. When you get to the book of Acts, you see from the first to the last to completely to the end of the chapter of Acts 28. Amen. The Paul is defending Christ in Rome. He's so good at defending it and making it relevant uh, uh, that uh, Agrippa, I think his name was, when the king, amen, a conqueror, a Caesar in Rome said, you, uh, amen, you always, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Praise God. And so Paul knew his stuff. He knew uh, the person personally. He knew him scripturally how to defend. And this is the point that I'm trying to make. Amen. This is the thing that we got to get down in our spirit because, amen, there has been a rise uh, through false prophets and through liars, amen, uh, and through deceivers. This is this period, beloved, of deception. This is the period of great deception. Uh, and, 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 the, and the drive, the primary drive is to dethrone Christ, to minimize, to devalue the person in the ministry of Christ. And we're going to talk more about this. Glory to God. And you got to know what that means to you if a man Christ is devalued and taken off of his God-ordained place in the book of history and in our hearts. What that means to you if, if it's allowed uh, to grow, if it's allowed to take root in our church, in our heart, in our community, you got to have a defense. Uh, and a type of, uh, um, uh, um, uh, I guess I would say, a zeal. That's it. Zeal for the things of God, like David. When David heard Goliath cursing the God of Israel by his God, there was a kind of, amen, zeal and righteous indignation that was in his spirit. Amen. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Amen. And his ultimate goal was to... Man, his ultimate goal was, amen, for Goliath and all of the Philistines and all of Israel to know this one thing, that there's a God in Israel, amen. And because there's a God in Israel, amen, I'm going to cut off your head. And because I'm personal with this God, glory to God, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of the air because I, amen, I've had run-ins with this God, amen, and I've killed the lion in the bear, Amen. Uh, you're going to know that there's a God in Israel, amen, that you're cursing. He's going to manifest himself. And you're going to know for sure, praise God, that you've made a grave mistake. And we got to have that kind of mindset. We got to have that kind of mentality. We got to have that kind of doctrinal understanding. But we don't have to dodge from, amen, the black Israelites. We don't have to dodge, amen, from the Jehovah Witness. We don't have to dodge from those who would say that, that Jesus is not the Christ, amen? And what that means when you allow that to be said and there is no righteous indignation that rise up in you to, amen, defend, to confirm, glory to God, uh, the person and the ministry of Christ. Uh, hallelujah. First Peter 3 and verse 15 said, but sanctify God, amen, in your hearts. Sanctify God in your hearts. Always be ready to give a, a defense to everyone. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope 
that is in you and do it with meekness and do it with fear. Having a good conscience, having a good conscience that when they defame you as an evildoer, uh, that those who revile your good conduct in Christ, uh, they might be ashamed. So this is the hour of such uh, deception. So tonight, amen, I'm dealing with this thing, man. Let no one deceive you. Colossians 2, we said, and I'm done. Colossians 2 and 4 says, amen. Now, this I say, least anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. See, in this thing, uh, this seed that was planted long ago, not just in Christ, uh, is still uh, going, is manifest even to the fullness of the time of Christ. Amen. Um, time of David, not David, Paul, I'm sorry. Uh, it's been there. For the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom has always uh, been exposed to violent behavior. And those that would want to minimize, uh, debunk, you know, and completely deny Christ. Amen. The first John said that, amen, they are the antichrist. And they, they didn't come from some far and off place. They didn't come from somewhere way on the backside, amen, of, of, of you know, of some desert, prayed long place to come and bash the church. Paul says, I mean, John says they were among us. Amen. They were with us, but they separated from us that it might be made manifest that they were not us. They feigned like they were of us. They act like they of uh, 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 us. They dance and use some of the same verbiage and language like us, but they were not us. They were not us. And I believe that they are among us as we speak. Glory to God. But as we have been given a spirit of discernment, amen, beloved, don't believe every spirit. Don't believe every spirit. I say this thing because I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm sensing the rising of this kind of warfare, and we must be prepared as believers uh, to give a defense. Colossians 2 and 4 says, Now this I say, least someone, least anyone should, be, should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Look at verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, amen, so walk in him. If you receive it, walk in him. Rooted and built up in him. Steadfast in the faith as you have been taught. Abiding in it with thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, least, verse 8, amen, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, through empty deceit, according to the traditions of man, number one, according to the basic principles of the world, number two, not according to Christ. For in him dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily, uh, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principalities and power. He was the head of all principality and power, who is the head of all principality and power. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You need nothing else. You're complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. There's nothing after him better than him. He has the preeminence. He's superior, preferred first, 
Amen. He's the firstborn of creation. He's the first, amen, from the dead. He is proton, preferred first, first in rank, first in line. He is, amen, all that we need. Glory to God in the highest. And, 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 so, and so I exhort you in this thing that when you read this, listen to the, all of the apologetic statements about the person in the ministry of Christ. Go through and count how many times in the book of Acts you see the phrase Jesus as the Christ. It taught as Jesus as the Christ from the beginning of the book, uh, from Pentecost in chapter 2, the first sermon, Peter, all the way literally, literally to the end of chapter 28 with Paul, amen, you see the argument, the defense as Christ, amen, being uh, the, amen, Jesus being the Christ. Glory to God. You see that defense being put forth there. Uh, and so from the early church to now, we're, amen, we're faced with the same type of threatening. And we have, to, we have to defend with the same type of scriptural knowledge that the early church had. Uh, you know, and I say again, you know, we always talk about going back to the, amen, the, the power of the spirit of the early church to the Pentecost and the revival. Glory to God. But soon after the revival, the first thing that was faced was the lie concerning what it really was. And the first thing that had to be defended was the person in the ministry of Christ. Amen. Now, amen. He said, I'm going to send you a helper. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. He said that he would abide for you forever. He said, I will not leave you fatherless. He's Emmanuel and God was in us and with us and through us. Praise God. He said that. And so Pentecost is a fulfilling of that. And when Peter saw error, he stood up. When Peter saw error, he stood up. And the other apostles, he stood up. Glory to God. And so I think we need to take a stand concerning Christ, apostolic people, prophetic people. We got to get it in our mind to be prepared to take a stand for what we believe in. Glory to God. And so this is our mindset. And this is where we will direct ourselves. And this is where it's going to be our soapbox, and so to speak, that we will stand firm in the work in the word of Christ Jesus. Amen. And all that he has done according to the word of God, all that he has done for us and through us according to the word of God. Amen. And if you read in the gospel of John, in the last chapter, glory to God, he says to, he says before he is done, he says, all of these things that Christ did, that we might believe. Amen. Uh, verse 30, John 20 and 30 said, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciple, which are not written in this book. Verse 31, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. These things, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one of God, the prophesied one of God, the Kairos manifested time of God. He's the Christ, the son of God. Glory to God. And believing you may have life in his name. Amen. And so Acts takes up that takes up that thing, takes up that content. It takes it up, praise, praise God, and it moves 
uh, the gospel from the post-resurrection ministry and ascension on to the utmost parts of the world. And here we are now, beloved sons of the most high God. Thank you, Father. So, but amen. So, so, so equip yourself. And this is my exhortation from the book of Acts. Equip yourself. Amen. Know your Bible. Don't dodge and have to call somebody. Know your, know your word. Amen. Amen. If you believe in him, know your word. Praise God. Spend time in the word of God. Purpose some time on a daily basis to study this word that you may be equipped, fully equipped. Amen. Ready to give a defense. <laughs> Amen. For the hope that is within you. Why you believe like this. Glory to God in the highest. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Christ. Give us a boldness and a clarity of mind, a scriptural base, an understanding that we may stand bold in the day of opposition and that we may, may, may declare with all soundness and all clarity and believe with all assurance that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. He's the son of the living God and that demons may fear and tremble in the name of Jesus for he is the head of all principalities and all powers. In him, your fullness dwelt. Your fullness dwelt in the bodily. Thank you, Father, for the manifestation of Christ and the power of your spirit that you promised and is now in us, dwelling as Emmanuel, God, you are with us. And we celebrate your power. We celebrate your might and your goodness. In Jesus' name, 